0: Uh, My name is Derek. Uh, Tonight, I will be bringing a topical message. First time doing that up here, so follow along. Um, We'll be in Matthew chapter six, specifically verses uh, 25 through 34. Um, But before that, I'm just going to pray as we, as you guys turn the pages. Father, I just, um, I thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord, um, for your word, um, that you are unchanging, that our trust can be put in you, and that you are a good, good Father, Lord. Um, As you have reminded me through this message, Lord, that um, where my eyes should be, Lord, I just pray that Your words would go forth tonight and that what it is you have shown me through this time with you um, will be expressed um, to your people here, Lord. So again, I look to you and we look to you, Lord, for your word to go forth. And um, may you open our ears and our hearts to receive what it is you have for us tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, if I had to name this uh, message something, I would name it The Right Perspective. and this message actually came about, I was supposed to teach last Wednesday, and um, it came about because June 1st was a uh, significant date in my life. Um, it was my first mortgage payment. And uh, with, along with that um, came a lot of worry and a lot of uh, stress, um, being a new homeowner, uh, having a mortgage, having an electric bill, having gas, having all these bills come in. And you look to your bank account and you can start to worry, how am I going to do this every month? Not only that, but you have a kid. Um, how am I going to do this every month? Um, so I found myself in a place of worry. Um, consumed by it. <clears throat> and so that's what the message he gave me. I was consumed in worry. And then I was like, Lord, now I, I have a, you have me doing a topical on Wednesday. What am I going to share? Um, and he, And I was talking to about it with Kendra, and she brought me here to actually to these verses, and specifically verse 33, where it says to seek first the kingdom of God. And it was a very uh, foundational verse for me um, when I became a believer. Uh, it's the one that actually led me to a discipleship program, led me to uh, ignite, to seek first the kingdom of God. Um, so it was very, it was a reminder of where my heart, where, where I, should, I, should, I should in this time of worry. And so it was the mortgage that was bringing about my worry, you know, the week leading up to Wednesday. And then Tuesday night uh, came, and uh, there was something far more uh, important to me to worry about. And uh, so Tuesday night, uh, Kendra comes and visits me at Mudman like she'll do with... Uh, with Judah because I just, I love having them come and visit um, anytime they can and I'll go out there and just hang out with them. And Judah was pretty sick at this time and he was uh, not breathing really well. He was wheezing a lot and he just seemed really, really bad like when he was there with us. So I just said like, maybe you should take him to urgent care. Just go and see what they'll say, like what they'll do or whatever. So we go and I ended up going with her and we went and uh, the doctor said, you know, he's He seems okay. It seems like it's just a virus, whatever, you know, he'll get. um, But he does have this other thing, so here's the medicine for this. And, you know, just keep an eye on him, though. Um, I left, like, halfway through the thing to go back to Mudman. And then he just told Kendra, you know, look for these things. Like, look for his chest, look for his his neck here. If he's, you know, breathing really hard, then you should bring him into the emergency room. So I get home at night, and uh, she's putting him down and... We go and look and she's like, I think he's doing these things. Like, I think he's breathing really hard. I think he's breathing really heavy. And I was, and I was just like, and I looked at him and he, I could see it too. And so we we're just like, okay, yeah, let's just go. Let's just go. Uh, so we went to the emergency room and we get in there and the nurse looks at us and looks at Judah and she's like, well, it's good that you're here because he's definitely struggling. Um, so needless to say, a, a Tuesday night turned into staying there overnight, turned into Wednesday day being there all day turned into he's on tubes he they took x-rays they thought it was pneumonia and then like you know a 9-month old with pneumonia like that's really really scary <clears throat> and so they have him hooked up to ivs heart monitor oxygen and she's like what do i do you know and and i'm i'm full i'm filled with this worry now um, and it was, it was it it's a it was a scary uh, feeling to uh, not be in control to not be able to do anything as you see your son there hooked up to these tubes and uh, you're just waiting you know you can't do anything you're just waiting and 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 i'm there and i'm praying to the lord and i know they're gonna teach that wednesday night and i'm just like lord like i don't know like I, i gotta be here i but you've called me there like what do i do and so but i ended up staying with uh my family in the hospital and you know God's good. And uh, it's actually funny that Sunday, uh, Pastor Isaac shared a little bit from uh, Matthew 6 and, uh, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God. And it's just like God's plan will go forth like his like he is in control. And if anything, if, if what this study has given me has has reaffirmed in my faith is that to seek him first and all else. All the worries and everything that else is in life is, is so menial compared to having my eyes and my perspective on him. I need to have my perspective on on him, on God, on the kingdom of heaven in the time in that hospital. Because in my own in my own self, my eyes focused and consumed with worry, um, I could have crippled myself. And I could have been um, no type of leader for the family there in that time. No type of um, father, no type of husband in that hospital in that time. So... <clears throat> where we're going to go tonight is just fixing our perspective on the kingdom of heaven, fixing it, having a right perspective, because worry and whatever sin it is, for me, it's worry. For me, it was worry that, that week. For me, it was worry all up until I'm standing up here today and teaching. It's, it's a sin that pops up in my life um, very frequently, and uh, it can distract me and it can take my eyes off of him. So, it's worry for me. But what is it for you? What sin is it for you? And yes, worry is a sin. And we'll get there um, a little later on, but um, it is a sin. So, let me just, uh, I'll start reading here. And we're going to read a couple verses, and then we'll hop over here. So, verse 25 in Matthew 6 says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value uh, than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your structure or stature? <laughs> so as you, as you can see in the first couple of verses, like God knows our needs. God knows what we need. He knows our lives. Um, he knows what's going on, and He knows how to provide for those lives. And as my mind was was fixed on my on the mortgage and the bills and all those things, I lost sight of who God is as as my provider, as my Father, as um, the one who has brought me this house to begin with. You know, He's not going to bring me something to destroy me um, or to. Get my eyes so far off of him that I walk away. He, he's brought me this thing for a good thing to stretch me, to grow me. But not only that, to bless me for a place for my family to, to live. So he's going to provide. And that verse 27 says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? And let's just define worry. Worry defined is to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. So worry, by its very defi- definition, is something we do to ourselves. The situation doesn 't torment me the, whatever it is going on in your life isn 't tormenting you. What is tormenting you, what is tormenting me in that time wasn 't the mortgage wasn 't Judah in the hospital It was me worrying about that situation, thinking that I had anything within myself to have the power to rectify it. Um, so it torments you torment you end up tormenting yourself. And so worry is a sin because what it does is it takes your eye off of, Lord, of the Lord, it takes your eye off of God, and it brings it inward. It brings it into to the eye, to you, to, to what, what am I going to do to fix this situation instead of having the right perspective and having my eyes on God. So we do it to ourselves. Um, and what worry does is it invokes fear. And fear, when we allow it to fully take root, in our hearts, takes us away from God and distracts us from the things of God, and distracts us from what it is He's called us to. But it, and it also distracts us from the message of His gospel, and it clouds our thinking. So, 1 Timothy one seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a, of a sound mind." As as believers in Jesus, we have a new spirit within us. That fear doesn't drive us. That fear doesn't control us um, as believers in Christ as, as born again and as, as we receive Christ and receive the Holy Spirit within us it's a new spirit within us it's the Holy Spirit and with that comes along power it comes along um, grace comes along mercy comes along righteousness comes along all the things comes along life that can bring us and to allow us to step into allow to deal with allow to walk through the things of this world um, and without it none of us can walk and, and as I look to to the world and, and how where, where are they groping for for, um, for that life for that understanding for that answer to the worry to the fear to all those things where are they groping and, and where I groped before I came to the Lord but now we don't need to grope for those things because we have the Holy Spirit within us and He is our foundation and our, our stronghold So it's that new spirit, and that new spirit is what we need to um, lean into in those times. Uh, We need to take the thoughts captive of the worry and the fear, and we need to fix our eyes and our perspective on the Lord. So verses 28 to 34 continues in Matthew 6, and it it says this. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. You neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today um, is its own trouble. <coughs> and really that verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God for and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The very on the very forefront of our mind should be the kingdom of heaven. And as believers, um, like we come together in this time on Wednesdays and Sundays and we come together and the majority of us in here are believers and sometimes we'll have those that come from that aren't believers and will come and sit in. But the majority of the time it's we're believers that sit here and we come here to do one thing, to encourage each other in the gospel, to encourage each other in to stay in the race, to stay on the path to, to continue. And when I see verse 33, to seek first the kingdom, it challenges me and it encourages me to do one thing and it's to put his word and to put him before anything else in my life. Before the worry, before the fear, before the, the worldly things, before everything else. If he's not first, everything else is going to crumble um, if they're in front. If I have him in front, if I have him as my foundation, those things can then stand because I'm now trusting him to have me stand in those times. So, to seek first the kingdom. And really, when I read that verse, there's one thing that um, stuck out to me. It was the kingdom of God. And what is that? Um, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? So, I, I went to define what a kingdom is. Uh, a kingdom is defined as a country, a state, or a territory ruled by a king or a queen. Now, I, going to look at that, I thought I was going to get some really deep kind of definition. I was like, oh, let me look up kingdom and see what it says. And... Uh, that's all I got. Some place that's ruled by a king. I was like, okay, wow. Um, but uh, as I read it, it's, it's a place ruled by a king. And then I've gone on to think, who's, who's my king? And my king is Jesus. So, And as I, as I look at the kingdom of heaven, and it's a place that's ruled by a king, and A kingdom is is no kingdom without a king. A king has ultimate authority and power within the realm of his control. So, and what is Jesus' kingdom? His kingdom is heaven. His kingdom is here. And his kingdom is in one other very important place, and that's our heart. Um, Where a king dwells is where he rules. And if he dwells within our hearts, he rules our hearts. And that was a very important um, perspective for me to have in this journey of of conquering fear, of conquering worry, of conquering the things, the sins that come into my life. I need to press into him and to know that where he dwells needs to be in my heart. And for me to have any type of victory in any sin in my life, uh, I need to press in and to understand that he needs to take the throne of my heart and be the, the sole Thing that my perspective is on, the sole person that my perspective is on, the sole idea that's on my mind, the sole person, the sole everything. And he needs to be center in my life. And when I read that verse, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you, that's what I think of. I think of a kingdom where there's a king and he needs to be my focus. So, like I said, how I said um, worry was a... Uh, is a sin, and how we can look at that word, or we can look at fear, and we don't really necessarily want to uh, deem it a sin, because when we think of the word sin, we think of Ugh, ugly, and and it is, and it is. sin is ugly. Um, but sin isn't just those grievous acts, isn't just those um, unthinkable things. It's the things in our lives that will anything that takes our eye off Him and puts our eye on self is a sin. Um, so and I started reading uh Calvary Road for anybody that hasn't read it. It's called the Calvary Road. Got it right here really good book if you if you only read the Bible, that's good. If you want to pick up another book besides the Bible, you can pick this up. It's really good um, it will break you and um that's what it's all about. It's about breaking, but I wanted to read a chap- uh not a chapter. <laughs> I'm going to read three chapters in this and uh, just sit back and be here a little while. Uh, No, I wanted to read a paragraph. It's still kind of long, but bear with me. Um, Because as we think of the kingdom, and we think of how to overcome the worry, how to overcome the fear, how to overcome the sin in our lives, there's one thing. And there's one thing, and it's the blood of Christ. So I'm going to read this little paragraph. And I'm going to relate it to worry and how we can overcome that. So it says, only one thing prevents Jesus filling our cups as he passes by, and this is sin in one of its thousand forms. The Lord Jesus does not fill dirty cups. Anything that springs from self, however small it may be, is sin. Uh, self energy or self complacency in service is sin. Self pity in trials or difficulties. Self seeking in business or Christian work. Self indulgence in one's spare time. Sensitiveness. Touchiness, resentment, and self-defense. When we are hurt or injured by others, self-consciousness, uh, reserve, worry, fear—all spring from self and are all and all our sin and make cups unclean. Some may, some may be inclined to question whether it is right to call such things as self-consciousness, reserve, and fear sins um, sins. Call them infirmities, disabilities, temperamental weaknesses, if we will, some have said, but not sins. To do so would be to get us into bondage. The reverse, however, is true. If these, things, if these things are not sins, then we must put up with them for the rest of our lives. There is no deliverance. But if these and other things like them are indeed sins, then there is a fountain for sin. And we may be uh, experience cleansing and deliverance from them. If we put them immediately under the precious blood. Period. Um, so there is an answer to your worry. There is an answer to my worry. There is an answer to my fear. There is an answer to our sins. And it's the blood of Christ. Um, so in the, in the situation in the hospital. In the worry. In, the cons- in being consumed by the worry and the fear. There is one place I needed to go. And that was to Jesus, and that was to to being cleansed by his blood. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you in this situation. Forgive me for not fully giving giving Judah into your hands, knowing that you're going to do your will through him and through our lives. And and forgive me for the doubt. So there's one place that we go, and it's the blood of Christ. Now... There's a couple of verses here that I want to go through that kind of define what the kingdom of heaven is and what it's like, um, so you get a better idea of it. I, I, I came into this, this message wanting to just simplify it, wanting to simplify what do we do when we're filled with sin, when um, we find ourselves in a sin, where do we do, where do we go? We go to God, we go to the blood, and it's the gospel, it's a simple gospel. That's all I'm trying to bring tonight. But as we look at the kingdom of heaven and there's a way to look at the gospel and have our perspective on the gospel, on Jesus, by looking at the kingdom of heaven and understanding what that is. So John 18, 36 says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would, would fight so that I should not be delivered to the to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So this is not it. This this." This world here this this where we find ourselves today, where we find ourselves tonight um, in this world, this is not it. this is not the end, this is not our final perspective. Um, our final perspective is heaven god 's kingdom is is not of this world, so we don't need to to find ourselves in worry and fear of the things that go on in this world because he controls this world his 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 kingdom is 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 far more than just what is we can see in the things that happen to us in situations. It's far more than that. Um, I, I I and as I look at the world today and I read news and I read I see people saying this or that on Facebook and and they want to like preserve the world. It's like you know save the trees, save the polar bears, um, do this, do that because this is the only place we have and if we don't take care of it, it's gonna Implode, and we're all going to be lost forever because they don't have a singular hope on Jesus. Their hope is in this world. And when we find our perspective and our eyes on the things of this world and where we live and, and what's going on um, here, we, we can get lost and lose our perspective. And when we lose our perspective, that's when the sins come in. That's when the worry, the fear, and all those things come in. But So keep, let's keep our eyes and our perspective on the kingdom of heaven. Now it's not to say we're not to be good stewards and we're not to just go and burn down a forest. I'm not saying that, but just saying that there are there is one thing that is more important, and that is God. And there are people in this world that are more important than trees and polar bears and all those things, and that's the people that he desires to save and he desires to bring to know him and, and his righteousness and who he is, and that he is a savior, and he did come to redeem us and he did come to give us eternal life. <clears throat> So, um, And if our hearts are set on the things of this world, then they're not set on the kingdom of heaven. So know that we, it, it, your heart can't be set in two different places. Your heart needs to be set on one thing, and that's the kingdom of heaven. My heart needs to be set on one thing, and that's the kingdom of heaven. And through that perspective, I am to walk... Uh, walk in this day and interact with, with this world that the Lord has me in, interact in, in Whitefish, Montana, interact in, in the United States through the perspective of His kingdom and, and, and the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Romans fourteen seventeen says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So again, reading that verse just it's not the things that are among me it's not it's not what i 'm going to eat today it's not worrying about the things um it's not any type of religious act that I can do it's not um, you know making sure I come every Wednesday every Sunday, and then i'm going to experience the um kingdom of heaven it's not that. But it's the very things of righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's all those things through the Holy Spirit. To experience the kingdom of heaven, to experience that here and now, is to experience the Holy Spirit. And the only way to experience the Holy Spirit is to receive the Holy Spirit by belief in Jesus. And as I look around here, you know, a lot of us are believers. And it's just like, well, yeah, duh. But how often do we forget these things? How often do we find ourselves in the worry, in the fear, in the sins of this world, and we find our eyes off of the simple gospel? And it, and it deters us, and it slows us down, and it distracts us, and it keeps us from, uh, from inevitably what he's called us to in that day, and it's to be a light. It's to be his light, and it's to be his light to this dark world. <clears throat> Now, in that verse it says it's, it's joy in the Holy Spirit. And now, to do that you need to receive this gift of salvation. And to those that have, you are now sealed by His Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. So now what do we do? Um, how, do, we, how, do, how, do we, how are we supposed to receive it then? And as, as I started to think about that, I look over to uh, Mark 10. Mark 10. Verse fifteen, it says, "Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it." And to receive it as a little child, as a, how how does a child receive things? You know, I start thinking of what a child is like, and then I'm supposed to be like that. And having a son, Judah, I just know he's he's very he's very innocent. He doesn't. He doesn't know a lot of things. He doesn't presume to, to think that he knows a lot of things. Um, anything that he finds and he sees, he puts it in his mouth to try and understand it. Um, and so, and you know, there's some things that he puts there and it, he doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't. that wasn't supposed to go there and it's nasty and so he's learning. You know, and that's, that's, that's how I'm to, put, to approach the kingdom of heaven. I'm to approach it in just in ignorance almost, in a, in a, a, not presuming that I am to know and to understand these things, but knowing that I don't know these things, Lord, and I need you to teach me them. Um, I need your spirit within me to guide me every day to, to give me an understanding of, of your Holy Spirit, of righteousness, of, of joy, of peace, of, of eternal life, I, I need you to teach me, you know. And, and as I as I as I grab for His Word and I and I and I start to eat it and I start to read it and I start to really ingest it and to to mull it over, um, that's where the understanding comes. It, it, it's to it's to approach it um, from a perspective of I don't know. Um, and that's the best place we can find ourselves at that time. Because when we presume to know, is where we can find ourselves in a very um, uneven ground because pride can set in and, and, and we can find ourselves thinking that we should be farther along than we are and, and we're really not. And it doesn't matter if you've been walking with the Lord one day or a hundred years. That need to come to Him as a child is the same. Because that's how He's called us to do it. Um, and again, just looking at a child, and, and, and if, if you've ever watched a child um, worship or pray, it is the most genuine thing you can ever look upon, a human being talking to dad. Um, it, it's, it's really uh, remarkable, and it challenges me every time I see it. There's a, If whoever's seen the ministry, uh, Potterfield Ministries... <coughs> There's a song, "Songs in the Night," and then there's one clip in that um, in that sm- sm- movie film thing that the video the video. <laughs> there's um, there's one clip, and it's this uh, African kid, like could have been maybe six, seven years old. I don't know, really young, but he's standing there like this, and he's worshiping, and it it just seems so genuine, like he is there praising his father and it challenged me every time I see it because how often do I come to him like that? And I'm I can answer that question. It's not as often as I would hope and would want to. Does that if that makes sense? Like I want to be able to come to him like that every time. So to come to him and to receive the kingdom as a child would is to is to believe it. It's to believe it with no reserves, with no um, nothing in our way, uh, and it's just to it's to jump off that cliff without a shoe and to just trust. Like that's what a kid does. Like Judah trusts Kendra and I to do a good job in raising him. Like I know for me, like you're trusting me. Like I don't. I never knew how to take care of a kid in my whole life. Like the first kid I held was in Africa in 2015. Like that's the first baby I held, you know. And then the next one after that was Judah, and he's lucky I had that one hold before I held him uh, because I don't know if I would have done it right. Uh, but the question in all that, when I look at a child and, and how he receives the kingdom and how he looks at God, how he talks to his Father in heaven, um, the question is: Is it real for me? Is it real for you? Um, when we come to belief in, in Christ, when we come <clears throat> to be born again, it needs to be real. Every day it needs to be real. Um, and it was a question that was posed to, to our class in Ignite. It was, you know, do you believe that what you believe is really real, you know? Uh, Because if I do believe what I believe is really real, that means hell is real and that means that there is a place to go for those that don't believe. But if I also do believe that, there is a place to go for those that do believe and that's heaven. You know, that's something far more than what this world has to offer. (coughs) So when we talk about heaven we all, we, or, or the kingdom of heaven, we tend to think it's a far off place, so that, it's, that it's something we need to go out and reach for and that it's, it's far off. But if we go to Luke 17, verses 20 to 22, you don't have to go there. I'll read it. Got it right here. Um, now when he, now when he uh, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See, Hear, Hear. Or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within us. And like I said before, a kingdom is ruled by a king, and where that king rules, he has ultimate authority in that place. And in that country um, where he has that authority, that is where he reigns, right? The kingdom is where the king reigns. And where the king should reign is in our hearts. So when it says the kingdom of God is here, I mean it is here, it's now, it dwells within us. We don't have to grope for it. We don't have to look afar off over here. We don't have to look over there. We don't have to um, be waiting for a specific time or a sign. Because it's here and it's now. We can experience it here and now because we are filled with the king. And he brings that to manifest itself within us. And then we are to manifest it. He is to manifest it through us by... Um, leaning into Him. So where is the kingdom of heaven? It's here. And it's now. And that's where the perspective should be. It should be that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's right now. It's within me. And and along with that comes the power, comes the authority, comes the peace, comes the righteousness, comes the perfect joy um, that comes with Jesus because He's going to bring it with Him because that's who He is. And if we allow Him to dwell in our hearts, all that's gonna dwell within us and, and and if he's dwelling there, then there's no room for worry, there's no room for fear, there's no room for any other sin because he can't dwell with those things. How do we get rid of those things? We bring it under his blood. It's not super complicated, it doesn't need to be super theological. All we have to do is when it comes in, when the worry comes in, when the fear comes in, we bring it to him. We say, Lord, this is not of you. This is this is of me. I don't want this. I want to give this to you. And then he covers us in his blood, and we believe that we are forgiven of those sins. We believe as that child does in worship, as he does in prayer, and believe that it, that it is as it says. He says in his words that if you're faithful to confess it, um, you are then forgiven of it. And then you need to walk from that. I need to walk from that, and 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 to walk in to to what he has from us, leaving it behind as he's made it east as, as far as east is from the west i got to do the same thing and believe that he's done it and then walk in it and then that's how the kingdom of of heaven is can reign within our hearts and as it's as it's as it's filled us as we've been filled he fills our cup to overflowing we're then to now pour that and out onto those around us and it, and it, it's inevitable if you if you if you Fill up a cup and you're filling it to overflowing. It's inevitable that it's going to splash over. It's inevitable that it's going to uh, start splattering on the things around them as you're walking by and all those things. It's going to happen. But you need to be filled. I need to be filled for it to pour out over to others. If I'm not, it's not going to. So I need to be filled. <laughs> First John 4.18 says... There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because uh, fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And the word that stuck out to me is torment. Because when I looked up the definition for worry, it's to torment oneself. Fear for me comes from worry. And I begin to torment myself with these with just unfun thoughts. Um, For those that are a parent who have ever, or who are going to be a parent, or who are even pregnant in this time, you might be able to relate. Um, When we got pregnant, I began to worry. How are we going to do this? Uh, How are we going to take care of this kid? And then, okay, now we're pregnant, and we're walking through the ultrasounds and all those things. And I'm beginning to worry because it's like, well, hold on. It hasn't kicked in about 20 minutes. Like, are we okay? Uh, and then you kind of just wait there and you hold it. And okay, he kicked. We're okay. We're okay. He's, he's still in there. He's still good. So you continue to worry through that process. And then as you go into the, um, to the, it's time for delivery. Now it's like, okay, everything's got to go smooth. Um, and then you begin to worry through that process. And um, and then, okay, now he's born and he's here. And then all of a sudden you're going to bed at night and you're so used to him crying and crying and crying and crying. And it's almost comforting to hear him cry because it's like, okay, he's still alive. Like, he's still good. He's still in there, like, doing what he's got to do. Um, and then all of a sudden he stops crying through the night and you just find yourself looking at the monitor. And then you look at each other and you're like, yeah, okay, I'll go check. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go look and see if he's breathing. <laughs> And you stand over the uh, the crib and you look at him and you're like, well, I think he's breathing. I just got to touch him. I got to see if he's... And then you hold him and then you like, okay, yeah, he's breathing. And then you go back to bed. And then five minutes later, you do the whole thing over again. Um, <laughs> so needless to say, that rabbit trail brought me to like... I've never experienced worry so much in my life as, a, as when I became a parent. Like, and it doesn't stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At least I, I felt like I got that from the Lord. I was like, is, is this going to stop? No, it's not going to stop. And it doesn't stop. Um, <laughs> so the worry doesn't stop. But there's something I can do about it. Like I don't need to live in it. I don't need to allow it to control me. I don't need to allow it to, to take over my day to day and to inevitably bring me down into a bondage. I don't need to let it do that. I can cover it in the blood, and I can walk free, and I can trust Him, and I can put my my hope and my trust and everything in Him. I can put first the kingdom of God, and all else He will give unto me. Right? I can seek first His kingdom, put Him center in my life, knowing that He has Judah in His in His hands. He has him. He's gonna He's gonna grow him up. He's gonna teach him things. Hopefully through me, um, and it's all gonna be good. But I need to trust Him. I need to. I need to seek first that kingdom. It can't be the worry. It can't be the fear. It can't be what I think or what I want to do. Um, There's an answer. And so that's my answer for worry. But that's our answer for everything. That's our answer for every sin in our life. Whatever it may be. Cover it in the blood. Um, Trust Him. Seek Him first. When when the sin comes in, go to Him. As as many times as you need to. Don't stop. Um, And... And when He calls you to share with a brother or a sister about it, to to come alongside you and to to pray with you and to help guide you back to that path, to help bring you to the cross so that you can then be covered in the blood, allow it to happen. Allow it to happen and and be covered in the blood and walk free from it. Um, That's our answer. Um, So the love... That John talks about there, um, there's no fear in love, but love um, the love represented itself it it showed itself in full power and in full glory on the cross it's that love that is to drive us today it's that love that is to conquer the fear today, one that would Think of himself last that would go to a cross that would die for a sinner um, for a father that would send his son to to the cross to die this horrific death for us, for me. It's that love that I'm depressed into. And it's 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 the gospel. Um, if 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 there's if there's nothing else that you're gonna tell yourself when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself the gospel. Just preach it to yourself. Just, just, you know, Jesus. Jesus bore my sins. He died on that cross, and he rose again. It's all you got to tell yourself in the morning. And then when you forget it, five minutes as you walk out the door going to work, tell yourself it again, um, because it happens. You know, we are man. We are flesh, and and we forget. <laughs> but there's. There's only one thing that can help us in that day, and it's the gospel. It's, it's, it's that truth, and then we're to live in that. We're to, we're to perceive the kingdom of heaven through that lens, knowing that it's not me, knowing that it's God in me, and it's, and it's, and it's Him that's going to have me stand righteous before Him. It, it's Him. It's, it's not me. So we are going to fail. We are going to sin. We are going to worry. We are going to fear. We just are. And, and to say that you're not is to is to be blinded By the sheer fact of you have humanity within you too. Um, But know that there is an answer. And it's the gospel and it's his blood. And we can stand confident in that daily. Confident in that. So, um, with all that, there's an Old Testament um, story that really, for me showed me kind of like a step-by-step what I need to do to bring myself um, back in right perspective. Uh, so I'm going to flip over to it, and I'm just going to point out a couple of things that happen in there. I'm just going to, and I'll stop at each verse to show what he does. But it's in Second Chronicles chapter 20, and it's uh, Jehoshaphat. And so I'm not going to really get into it, but he's... Um, King of Judah in this time, and um, you know he 's a pretty good king. Uh, he gets rid of some high places and stuff and um, but in this in this scene here um, he 's being attacked by uh, by Moab and the people of Ammon and um, and the Amorites and so he 's being attacked at this time so i 'm going to read here and we 're going to see what he does, and it just gave me a of what do I need to do when the fear comes in. So as it happens uh, after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Amorites um, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Um, so the very first thing he does there is, as fear comes in, as he's being attacked, as the things of the world start to surround him, start to start to burden him. Where does he go? He goes one place, and that's to the Lord. And that's where we need to find ourselves. When it comes in, the second it comes in, the worry, the fear, the sin, whatever it is, the very second it comes in, you find yourself running to, to dad. You find yourself running to the father. And, and it's the best place you can find yourself. And if you don't find yourself there, you're lost. You're somewhere else where you shouldn't be. And you should definitely find your way back and in, 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 in his presence. So it says, verse chapter 4 says, Juda, uh, Judah, gather, So Judah gathered uh, together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities uh, of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So seeking the Lord is the very place I should go. The very first place I should go. The second it comes in. Uh, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, and in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Verse 6 there, Now I've come to the Lord, now what do I, Now, what am I to do? I, I start entering into prayer, I'm to remind myself who God is in my life. Who is this true and living God that, that I serve? That um, that went to the cross for me, and and the way we do this, we just we know He's, he's good. We know He's righteous. We know He's just. We know um, He went to the cross and died for my sins and sins and rose again. Like remind yourself, I'm to remind myself who God is, and to stand on those on those facts of who He is. Now, verses seven through nine says. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend uh, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, uh, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. So, He's run to the Lord. He's reminded himself of who the Lord is. And now he's reminded himself of what the Lord's done in his life. The next step I'm to do is to remind myself of of where he's brought me from, what he's brought me from and what he's bringing me into. Uh, He brought me from an addiction into life. He uh, brought me from isolation to having a wife and a kid and and a family up here of, of of like-minded believers that are going to run alongside me and push me when I am starting to fall back, that are going to push me forward. Like, what has He done in your life? What has He done to remind you of His power, to remind you of, of who He is? Um, we all have them, and we need to remind ourselves of them. Um, just, to, just to spur us on, like, He doesn't change. He's done it back here in my life. He can do it this very day now, if not in a greater way. Uh, verse 10 says, And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they come, uh, came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not uh, destroy them. Uh, here they are rewarding us from coming to throw us out of your possession with which you have given us uh, to inherit. So we've come to him. Reminded ourselves of who He is. Uh, reminded ourselves of the, what He's done in our lives. And now we make our requests known to Him. Uh, this is what's going on, Lord. That we're being attacked by these people. We're surrounded. Uh, this is what's going on. You know, I'm to come to Him. Just make your requests known to Him. Let Him know what's going on. We can so presume that He knows all and that he's, he, he, he already knows, so I don't need to say it. You know, and if we live there, we live in in a delusion that we don't need a relationship then with him. We're not to bring and to talk and to speak to him and to receive from him. Um, So do that. You know, make your requests known to him, because as as you get to this point in your prayer, you know, or or in your conversation with him, you've already run to him. You've already remind yourself of who he is, and you've already. remind yourself of what He's done in your life, and now you're bringing your request to Him. And now that request can start to s- seem a little bit smaller compared to who God is and what He's done in your life. Um, and it, kind of, it puts it in a right perspective then. This is the situation, but Lord, yeah, I do know who you are. Yeah, no, I do know what you've done in my life. And you have the power to do that very same thing, if not more in this situation. Um, so verse 12 says, Oh, uh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Um, our eyes are upon you. So we've gotten to this point now in our conversation with him that we know it can't be us. It can't be in our power we have no power to rectify the situation, to, to, to get rid of the worry or the fear on our own, but we're to lean completely on him to do so. Um, so in that, in, by the time we get to this point in the conversation, we know, Lord, it's not me. It's you. I need to press into you. And then thirteen, verse 13 goes on to say, Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon jahazel Uh, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you king of King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of uh, Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Um, Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And by the time we've gotten to the end of our prayer here, um, the Lord answers and He reminds us that He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Um, He's got a plan for our lives. He's saying, hey, listen, I know what they're going to do. They're going to come up this way. And this is what you need to do. Nothing. Stand there, position yourselves uh, under His blood, position yourselves at the foot of His cross and do nothing but receive his salvation. Receive the power of the Lord in our lives to cleanse us of all those sins, of the worry, of the fear. Position yourselves in that place so that then He can be the victory through us and in us. Um, so worry and fear are sins in my life that manifest themselves from time to time. And they have the great potential to cripple me in what He's called me to do. But I need to remind myself daily of the gospel and of his blood and to bring those things immediately to him and to wash them in the blood and to then walk in his righteousness, in his peace, in his joy through his Holy Spirit. Um, so as I found myself in the hospital with my wife and my son, as worry crept in, there was one place I needed to go and that was in prayer. And that's where I found myself because I knew I had no strength in my of, in myself, to to rectify the situation, to fix Judah, or anything like that. But there's one thing I could do, and it's to focus my perspective on the kingdom of heaven, on who God is uh, in my life, in my wife's life, in Judah's life, in all of our lives that have Him, who He is, <coughs> to remind myself of that and to trust. To simply trust Him, that He has the power and the authority to to guide my life, and I do not need to fear. I do not need to worry. We don't. And for you, the question that you got, you can ask yourselves is, "What is my sin? What is what's the thing that that takes my perspective off Him and puts it on myself, or puts it on the things of this world, and then distracts me and then uh, burdens me and holds me down? What is it? Identify it, and then bring it immediately to Him." Um, do as Jehoshaphat here does. Goes right to him. Reminds himself who he is. Reminds himself what, the God, what God's done in his life. Um, makes his request known. And then hears from the Lord and knows that he will not leave us, not forsake us. But he will be our salvation. He will be our victory through us and in us. Just position yourselves. Position yourselves in his word. Because um, there's one verse... And it's Romans ten seventeen. It says, "So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." So, if there's one thing that this experience has showed me, it's that my faith can waver at any point if I allow it to. If I allow sin to enter into my life, and in that sin of warrior fear, I can. My faith can then waver. But there's one place I need to go, and that's the word of God, and that will then strengthen my faith because faith doesn't just come um, out of nowhere, but where it comes is by being in His Word, reading these words, understanding who God is through these words, and then walking it out and believing as that child does. Um, Having our eyes open and our hands up as a child would be praising and believing in His Father above. And that's how I'm to be as a child. Um, So, the Kingdom of Heaven... Is the right perspective. And any type of sin that creeps in uh, will distract us from that. So let's have the right perspective. (laughs) Father, I just, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for your word.